This is Uncontrolled Airspace, Episode 316 Alpha, the UCAP Daily from the Sebring U.S. Sport Aviation Expo in Sebring, Florida. I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm out here actually doing, going solo today. Uh, Jeb and Dave are uh, not here at the show. Jeb is, uh, will be here tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, Dave, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it into town, so uh, I'm kind of covering the grounds on my own today. It's, uh, it's, the show is very much the same as it's been in past years. Uh, the grounds are laid out more or less the same way they've been. They've, they seem to have spread it out just a little bit, made things a little bit more spread out, made the corridors the, between exhibit spaces a little bit wider. They've uh, The most notable thing they've done this year is they moved. There used to be a big central uh, exhibit tent for all the inside uh, exhibits uh, that was sort of uh, in the center aisle of the uh, show, and uh, although there's still a tent in that location, it no longer contains exhibits. The exhibits are now in a, a big hangar building that hadn't been used for the expo in the past. It's just off to the left as you come in the main entrance, and uh, it's a much bigger space, uh, allowing more booths uh, for uh, the uh, sort of pipe and drape exhibitors, and uh, that's over there. In the place of the old exhibits tent, uh, they have now moved the uh, the food court tent. Uh, the seating area for the food court is over there in that central location. Uh, lots of tables and chairs, and the Flying Musicians Association folks are uh, entertaining us throughout the week uh, playing music. Uh, they've been playing it the whole time I've been here. I'm not sure if they're doing it uh, uh, 9 to 5 uh, all day here at the Expo, but uh, they are uh, playing now and, and regularly throughout the throughout the expo. I had a chance to speak with our good UCAP pal Dan Johnson from the Light Aircraft Manufacturers Association a few minutes ago about the state of the light aircraft industry and the aviation world in general. Hi, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jack. Good to see you here at Sebring. Yeah, so tell me a little bit. What's the state of the uh, light sport world these days? Well, you know, uh, after a couple of down years there a couple of years ago, it's been coming back slowly, but coming back, and that's the good news. we got new airplanes down here. we got nice weather today. Uh, and the show is happening like usual. So um, this has become a pretty big event. Last year, 16,000 people attended. Uh, that's more than some of the big shows, actually. Yeah, they seem to have made some changes to the grounds. I know you're not directly involved with putting on the show, but uh, what? Tell, tell us what you're seeing here in terms of the facility. Well, we do run a pretty close uh, uh, backup to the folks that run the show. You're right, we don't. But we like to be as involved as it'll allow us to be because it's our industry and we want to see it all work well. One of the big changes this year, I'm kind of pointing in uh, ahead of me toward a, a big hangar that for years held fertilizer. That's about as unaviation as you can get. Now it's full of airplane displays or actually the guys that are normally inside the buildings with avionics and all kinds of other goodies that pilots like. Of course, all the airplane guys are outside, but they've got 80 exhibitors outside. 80 exhibitors inside, that's 160. That's a great number for any small, focused show like this one. And the grounds seem to be have expanded just a little bit. The aisles seem to be a little bit more wide open, boulevard-like. Well, that accounts partly because they were able to use that hangar, which just sort of sat over there in years past. And right in the middle of everything, they had a couple of giant tents that housed all those same people. When you take those big tents out, yeah, it gives that same impression. I think uh, you know the size of the industry has now kind of stabilized a little bit. We've had uh, several new airplanes come out in 2012. The year just concluded. Uh, but not the old numbers where we had two or three every month. Uh, and that's really a good thing now. The industry is kind of maturing a little bit. It's about eight years old now since the first aircraft was manufactured as a light sport aircraft. And now we're really starting to see, see things settle down nicely. We've got some very solid producers. We've got some new up-and-comers. And we still have all that delightfully charming group of weird little airplanes that some people just love to fly. 
I know you like to talk about the entire industry, but are there any particular products here this year that you can talk about that are particularly exciting or new or unique? Well, we've got several new airplanes here. I probably won't do this comprehensively, so if we leave anybody out, my apologies, but I'll hit a couple that we've just talked about today. Uh, one of them right over to our left here where we're sitting on the grounds right now is the CTLSI. That's with the new Rotax fuel-injected engine. That's available on some other airplanes, too, and it's on some, but they're showing it off right front and center there. And that particular airplane also has the new Dynon ADS-B thing, uh, which means traffic and weather available to a pilot in flight at virtually no cost, just some extra hardware that you add on. So they're showing that off. That's one of the first installations in the country. There's also the uh, uh, Golden Avia F-30. That's the last airplane designed by the Italian noteworthy manufacturer Stelio Frati. He died a couple of years ago now, so this is his last design. It's a handsome Italian airplane. We just got done looking at the New World aircraft, Vision LT, which is an $85,000 aircraft. Ready to fly, nicely equipped. Doesn't have every bell and whistle on it for that price, of course, but that's a very good price in today's market, and it's a handsome airplane. Uh, we've got the uh, over on the other side of the field is the uh, Phoenix uh, Motor Glider. Now, that sounds like a specialty airplane, and indeed it is, but they just concluded quite a strong year. Those specialty niche market airplanes definitely have their place, and the loyalty of people that like those kind of airplanes will sustain them for years into the future. Another one we looked at was the Powerachute Airwolf. Now, this is a powered parachute. Again, one of those niche aircraft, but it, a powered parachute is one of the best aerial platforms you can find. This thing has every bell and whistle on it. It's beautiful to look at. Very nice piece of construction with the 9-12 horsepower aircraft engine on it. The whole airplane, ready to fly, $40,000. Really? So there are some bargains out here. And, of course, there's I left out many nice airplanes that you can choose here. Run the gamut anywhere from that thirty-five dollars or $40,000 range up to $170,000. But you know what? Even the top of those is not that bad for a brand-new airplane these days. That's great. So uh, you sort of alluded to this a second ago. Um, how do you compare the LSA industry now to, like, a year ago? Are we making progress? Are we in a hold? Or what, what, how is it? Is it changing? Well, it's, it's changing in a couple of different ways. There's that continued maturation of the industry where uh, the best ones just keep getting a little better at running their businesses. Understand, this whole industry is only eight years old. The GA industry is more than 80 years old. So there's quite a dichotomy there of the amount of time it takes to really refine your overall process. We're, we're seeing more of these things go into flight schools now, and they are working well in that environment, and we're seeing that the industry is finally learning to sell not just to the folks that can't get a medical. At first, the standard sort of laugh line, if you will, was you're one medical away from flying an LSA. Now we're learning that, hey, you know, there's really a lot of reasons. Fuel economy, noise, roomy cabins, visibility, and the list goes on and on. And the industry is learning how to actually sell better to those things. In the other side of the coin is FAA kind of tightening up on their oversight to the industry. And that's not a bad thing because what they're doing is going around and visiting companies on an increasing pace now, asking to see proof that they've done everything they need to do under this new paradigm of how you get an airplane approved. They're not really certified aircraft because the certification word doesn't apply here. They are accepted by FAA, and for FAA to be comfortable with that, they want to go around and have a look. So far, so good. Sure, they're finding a couple glitches here and there. That's true with any company you go visit. 
Look at Boeing lately with their battery issues. So it happens to anybody, but you know what? That's how things get better is by looking at them, going, ah, this could be better. Well, let's improve that. And one of the beauties of the LSA world is that they can make changes very quickly and very economically. That's great. Anything else you want to tell us about that I haven't asked about? Or, Well, uh, yes, in the sense that we've got some changes for the industry coming up at a couple of air shows after this one. Sun and Fun will have its LSA mall as usual. That's become a very popular thing for people to come to the show so they can see a whole collection. The LSA mall is moving to what's now being known as Paradise City. That's been the nickname for the ultralight area or later the light plane area. Right. Now it's just going to be the Paradise City, and it's going to have the LSA Mall in it, and it looks completely different because they have rerouted a road through it, a requirement for TSA and their desire to put up big fences around all our airports. But you know what? It's going to change the dynamic there. We think that's going to be interesting. And here's the main attraction. They can fly all day to do demonstration flights with customers that want to fly even during the main air show. That's a significant change from the way things always been. We think it'll really energize that area. Up at Air Venture this summer, uh, we will not have the LSA Mall because we're going to move inside the buildings and try and grab a different section of the population that goes to Air Venture. The buildings that are full of all kinds of uh, aviation gear are jammed wall-to-wall -wall with people. And a lot of those folks haven't been out and visited the airplanes, so we're going to go to them where they are and give them uh, some interesting visual displays, kind of a virtual LSA mall, if you will. So some changes ahead for the industry that way as we continue to learn how to run our businesses better and keep our industry healthy and well. Well, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate you taking a few minutes. I know you're pretty busy here. Well, my pleasure, Jack. I always love what you guys at UCAP do. I'm an enthusiastic listener. If you can't laugh at what's going on at UCAP, you got your ears closed and your eyes shut. So you guys, please keep up the great work. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. Another thing that's new this year at the Sebring Sport Flying Expo is that the gang from Sun and Fun Radio, Dave Schalbetter and all of his cohorts, have set up shop here on the grounds and are doing their radio broadcasting throughout the four days, uh, interviewing uh, notable people and telling you about all the different activities at the Sebring Expo. So if you're not here on the grounds and you want to get a taste of what's going on, just tune in to Sun and Fun Radio stream on the Internet. You can find that at liveatc.net slash SNF. And uh, when you go to that stream, it will look like you're looking at the Lakeland uh, Sun and Fun uh, Airport uh, stream, but you want to listen to the stream for Sun and Fun Radio. Well, that's it for our first UCAP Daily from the 2013 uh, Sebring Sport Flying Expo. We'll be back tomorrow with more. I'm expecting to meet up with James Winbrandt, uh, who will be arriving much later today um, after I've taken off for the day, but uh, he'll be around tomorrow, and uh, we'll be talking with him. We have our UCAP meetup tomorrow morning at uh, 11 a.m. local time, uh, where hopefully we'll be able to uh, record a few minutes with some of our listeners that we uh, uh, are looking forward to uh, seeing at that event. And uh, who knows what else we might find during the day tomorrow on our second UCAP Daily. So this has been Uncontrolled Airspace, Episode 316 Alpha, UCAP Daily from the Sebring Sport Flying Expo.